Blue, thanks for listening. Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's it? Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay this is Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening. This is Mike. Actually, it's sunlight, so good morning. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about culture and yet food. You know, the thing about hot dogs and sausages is they're pretty docile creatures, but when you fill them up with whiskey, there's really no telling. You know what I'm saying? I went to Grand Rapids last weekend, and I saw such a thing, and it was not pretty. It actually was kind of pretty. The colors were rather nice. Actually, I think it was a painting. Actually, I think I'd better play a song. This is uh, Tropical Hot Dog Night. We'll discuss this in more detail in a moment. But this is Tropical Hot Dog Night by Captain Beefheart. Meet the 
monster tonight. What do all you women do when the men get trapped or hot dogs? And also to be the monster tonight. You get to be with me and also to be the monster tonight. That's pretty much the average weekly experience of listening to Pandora's Lunchbox. This is Mike. Hi. We're friends, remember? Yeah. So I was talking about going to Grand Rapids and seeing some sausages and hot dogs tear it up and drink some whiskey and stuff. That's only partly the truth. What's going on in Grand Rapids really is this humongoid art competition called Art Prize. More than 1,700 entries all over the city of Grand Rapids, all over downtown. They have been, these folks, these artists, these people from all over the country and some from all over the world, have been competing for a $250,000 prize. Their art is all over Grand Rapids. And you want to talk about feeding the monster tonight? How about a 25,000-pound, 55-foot flying pig That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about. There was one of those, in fact, in Grand Rapids. And, you know, I didn't actually see it, but I have an image of it on the Grand Rapids press. It it looks like it's made of wood, and it looks like some of its wings are made of some mighty fine uh, kegs that you might put some beer in. And the inner workings, it's kind of hard to see, but this, this was called Steam Pig. The artist was uh, Thomas. The artists included Thomas Burks, who made this one, and it's just one of the pieces of artwork all over Grand Rapids. If you can go there, it would be an awesome thing. I definitely recommend it. Beat the crowds. Well, no, actually, that wouldn't be very nice. But be among the crowds. Now, another one of my favorite works there. Well, there were sculptures, there were paintings, there were all kinds of works of art in Grand Rapids. One of them was a painting. A painting by the name of Uprising of Sausages and Hot Dogs. And you can imagine already why I might be interested in that. This was painted by Sergei Tyukhanov of Russia. He describes the work this way. He says, This painting is about our civilization of consumption. The idea of this painting came to my head during a celebration called Taste of Chicago. People were so consumed by eating food that they became like sausages and hot dogs themselves. 
which pretty much sounds like the American way. This painting, as a matter of fact, seems to be somewhat influenced by Hieronymus Bosch. You know Hieronymus Bosch? The fellow who did that famous painting, actually set of paintings, called The Last Judgment. The Last Judgment has three giant panels. One is the fall of mankind. Two of them are in hell. Uh, One of them is actually human life, which is a kind of hell on earth. Now we're talking about Hieronymus Bosch, the Dutch religious artist of the Middle Ages, first of all, and then the fellow whose art uh, was inspired by it. The, the Hieronymus Bosch painting, in, in the part where there is folks living on hell on earth, there are numerous and outrageous descriptions of the deadly sins. There are demons that are shown to walk alongside the humans, colluding in their sin. Sounds like fun. Then there's an unbelievable array of symbolism. This is from assortment.com all in the most apocalyptic terms. The point of this hell on earth is just that. There is little difference between it and Bosch's depiction of hell. Here the demons are replaced by humanoids in robes with the heads of swordfish, and humans are pictured in great white naked huddles and burning in cubicles. Ouch. You know, it's it's quite a dramatic and quite stunning and in very lovely colors, I have to admit. Now, fast forward to now, hold on to your seatbelts, and we talk once again about this painting called Uprising of Sausages and Hot Dogs. And instead of people fighting each other in Hieronymus Bosch's painting, there is a war between sausages and hot dogs, some of which have legs, and people. There are people slicing the hot dogs and sausages. It's kind of gory. There's a guy being eaten by one of the sausages, there are uh, there are flags with I believe there's a hot dog flag and a sausage flag. It's quite quite the painting and and the thing about it is that it's it's kind of scary. I just wanted to share that with you when we were talking about tropical hot dog night. I have another song about hot dogs, but I also want to mention once again that what I'm talking about is Art Prize. It's happening in Grand Rapids. You can look at all kinds of works of art that are in Grand Rapids at artprize.org. Just today, they've picked the top 10 winners. I'll talk about some of those in just a moment. But if you had a crusade and you were fighting hot dogs and sausages, what what sort of music might you be using to gird yourself in this fight and to give you the girth to gird yourself when you're eating hot dogs and sausages, which you wouldn't be doing while fighting? You might listen to something like this by uh, a military man, in fact, uh, Gomer Pyle. Went walking down the street one day, said, Hey there, my lady, you sure look good to me, and I'd like to make you my baby. She said, Swell, and I felt good, I thought I'd hug the keeper. But the price of eggs went up that day, and I ain't never got no cheaper. She was a T-bone talking woman, but she had a hot dog heart, heart, heart. A T-bone talking woman, but she had a hot dog heart. Well, diamonds look like lice, a star looks like a planet, and a heart of gold weighs about the same as a heart that's made of granite. And you can't tell a queen these days from some old high-class Lucy. Now I'm not an educated feller, I didn't go too far in school, but I can count and read 
horse from a mule. But trying to judge a woman, boys, it's bound to bring you tears. There's many different kinds of girls, but they all got the same size of yours. She was a T-bone talking woman, but she had a hot dog heart, heart, heart. A T-bone talking woman, but she had a hot dog heart. A T-bone talking woman, but she had a There's all kinds of women in the world, but they all have the same size ears. Really, that's those are words to live by or otherwise. That is Gomer Pyle as Jim Neighbors or Jim Neighbors as Gomer Pyle, depending on what mood he's in. And that was Hot Dog Heart from his classic hit album, Shazam, which I think sold as many copies as, uh, I believe it was the greatest hits of Johnny Mathis, only minus several million. But that's what we're here for in WCBN. I don't know what that means. And it's WCBN FM Ann Arbor. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about food and culture and art and food lodged deeply into art. We've talked about steam pigs and we've talked about uprisings of sausages and hot dogs. There are quite a bunch of works of art actually at the Art Prize. Some of them are funny and some of them are actually quite profound. I want to mention that just in the last couple of hours, they announced the top 10 among the 1,713 artists competing in Art Prize in Grand Rapids. One of the top 10 just announced is Steam Pig, and another one of, of a very different kind is, in fact, called... Oh, dear. Here comes the title. Here it comes. It's called Lure Wave. Actually, yes, it's called Lure Wave. And it is by an artist named Bailey Liu. She used to live in Ypsilanti, as a matter of fact, Uh, Now she's living in Austin. And this work she describes this way. The ancient Chinese legend of the red thread tells that when children are born, invisible red threads connect them to the ones whom they are fated to be with. Over the years, their lives come closer and eventually find each other, overcoming the distance between and cultural and social divides. So there is this space at the UICA Fulton, which is in Grand Rapids, the Urban Institute of Contemporary Art. Familiar with that in Grand Rapids? I just learned about it. And Bailey Lou had this space to work with, but as it turned out, the space was not ready to be open to the public. So what she needed to do was alter her artwork so that it could be the kind of thing that could be appreciated by people looking at it from windows outside. So it was a work of art inside, but you could only look at it from the outside. And this work of art included threads and sewing needles and red discs. And basically, you just have to see it. So if you go to artprize.org, you will see how beautiful and interesting and evocative it is. And it was one of the top 10 winners of Art Prize. Another one was titled Salt and Earth Garden for Patricia. Another one was Helping Mom One Penny at a Time. That was at the Gerald R. Ford Presidential Museum. I think that was actually just a really big, giant penny. Well... Artprize.org, you can find out all about this. In the meantime, in Grand Rapids, I also found myself worrying about, as I mentioned earlier, what would happen if a bunch of sausages and hot dogs got a hold of a bunch of whiskey and a bunch of weapons and started laying waste to the land. Well, where might they get that whiskey? They might go to a place like Stella's Lounge in Grand Rapids. 
I want to talk about Stella's Lounge because here's their description on their website. We pour stiff drinks and the same beer you stole from your dad's garage fridge back in the day. We have all the vintage arcade games you skipped sixth period to play. We have the raw, hard-edged music that was just coming into its own when you were a kid. Okay, maybe you weren't, but we were. I don't think making us feel old is good strategy, do you? We also have over 200 whiskeys for your sipping pleasure. Stella's in Grand Rapids has over 200 whiskeys. They also say their menu is mostly vegan, but there's a big juicy stuffed burger for you diehard carnivores if you're a meat eater. So, get get this, basically. Here's, here's your business model. You have about four or five stuffed hamburgers, a ton of vegan food, and 200 whiskeys. Pretty much that sounds like a good idea for a breakfast, but in the meantime... It might be a good idea for a song. It might be a good idea for a river. A river runs through it. In fact, the Grand River runs through Grand Rapids, if I understand correctly. Well, the Whiskey River runs through Willie Nelson's mind. And if you're drowning in a Whiskey River, you might find yourself evoking the lyrics in the song that say, Feeling the amber current flowing through my mind. One of the most poetic lines ever about whiskey. Feeling the amber current flowing from my mind. I used to think he was singing, feeling the hamburger a-flowin' from my mind. Why don't you listen for yourself and decide if it's an amber current or a hamburger or a hamacumin or hamanimna. You, you decide. Whiskey River, take my mind. Don't let a memory talk to me. Flowing from my mind And warm and empty heart You left so cold Whiskey River, take my mind Don't let a memory torture me Whiskey River, don't run dry
flowing from my mind And warm and empty heart you left so cold Whiskey River, take my mind Yeah, yeah, that's Willie Nelson and Whiskey River. And am I right? He does sing Feeling the Hamburger a-flowing from my mind. Yeah, feeling the ha- it makes sense. If your hamburger flows from your mind, then it does. Feeling the amber current flowing from my mind, well, that just makes too much sense because whiskey is amber-colored. And, nah, I don't think so. Willie Nelson and Whiskey River. Hi, this is Mike. It's Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and malarkey. And barley, because barley comes in whiskey. It, in fact, it does. I want to take just a moment to pay a little bit of a 30-second tribute to Tony Curtis, who just passed away. This is Tony, Tony Curtis, and is it Burt Lancaster? I'm pretty darn sure, from the movie Sweet Smell of Success. Indigestion and a cookie full of arsenic. What more do you need, huh? What has this boy got that Susie likes? Integrity. Acute. Like indigestion. What does this mean? Integrity. A pocket full of firecrackers. Waiting for a match. You know, it's a new wrinkle. To tell you the truth, I never thought I'd make a killing on some guy's integrity. I'd hate to take a bite out of you. You're a cookie full of arsenic. And Tony Curtis walks away with a smug smile on his face. If somebody called you a cookie full of arsenic, wouldn't you feel good about that? Maybe if you were Tony Curtis and Sweet Smell of Success, you would. Well, thank you, Tony Curtis, for doing what you've done. He's no longer with us. He was 85 years old and lived a long life. Now, I was just talking a little earlier about whiskey, and I want to talk a little about the origin of whiskey. Distillation. Distillation was not indigestion. That's another story. Distillation was spreading around the world, and sometime between 1100 and 1300, it spread to Ireland and Scotland. And monastic distilleries existed in Ireland in the 12th century. Since the islands had few grapes with which to make wine, barley beer was used instead, resulting in the development of whiskey and eventually Willie Nelson. In 1494, as noted above, just kidding, Scotland's exchequer granted the malt to Friar John Corr. This was enough malt to make about 1,500 bottles, so the business was apparently thriving at the time. King James IV of Scotland reportedly had a great living liking, (laughs) made a great living drinking whiskey. He had a great liking for Scotch whiskey. And in 1506, the town of Dundee purchased a large amount of Scotch from the Guild of Surgeon Barbers. Surgeon Barbers are people you want to have a lot of whiskey on hand just in case they needed to focus. The Guild of Surgeon Barbers had a monopoly on the production of whiskey at the time. But between 1536 and 1541, King Henry VIII of England... That naughty man dissolved the monasteries, sending their monks out into the general public. 
The positive effect of this was that whiskey production moved out of a monastic setting and into personal homes and farms as newly independent monks needed a way to find needed a way to find to earn to find to earn money for themselves. And so they did. The whiskey originally was imbibed at a very young age, it says here, by which I hope they mean that the whiskey was very young and not the imbibers, and as a result tasted very raw and brutal compared to today's versions. Renaissance-era whiskey was also very potent and not diluted and could even be dangerous at times, especially if you're a sausage and a hot dog with weapons. Over time and with the happy accident of someone daring to drink from a cask which had been forgotten for several years, whiskey evolved into a much soother, soother drink. It evolved into a much soother drink where words are made up on the spot. Pandora's lunchbox I am, and I'd like to just share with you something lovely that my father shared with me that has nothing to do with whiskey or hot dogs. I will say once more, though, check out artprize.org and check out Art Prize itself in Grand Rapids. More than 1,700 works of art in downtown Grand Rapids up until October the 10th. And one thing I also want to mention is that there's going to be a benefit for the Museum of Contemporary Art Detroit called Home Slice, a fun foodie fundraiser for the MOCAD. It's going to be at Eastern Market on Friday, October 8th at 7 p.m., located at Eastern Market's Shed 3. Now, my father sent me an email. He said he was looking at a recipe in several cookbooks and found a treasure in one, which his mother probably got him. The pages looked like rough paper bags, and the illustrations were something else. Many were centuries old. The book was printed in 1979, and its title was, and I hope I get this right, Freely a Trieste in Boca, or Freely and Trieste in the Mouth. The northeast part of Italy is the region of Friuli, I'm sorry, Friuli Venezia Giulia, Dad, sorry about that, whose capital is in fact my father's hometown of Trieste, Italy. He then talks about the Friulians who spoke a language of their own, separate from Italian, and there are proverbs, quite old, without the English translation in this book, and my father shared some of these proverbs in this old cookbook with me. Ready for the proverbs, uh, Arbolf? Yes, please. Never bite your finger when you crave meat. Eat to live, pray to go to heaven. To stay healthy, use chicken pills and get injections from your wine cellar. Gulp wine, but do not swallow your good sense. Oysters without wine are like a corpse with no soul. Oh, this, this is, these are some hard truths. Better one large meal than 100 snacks. And some wonderful, colorful proverbs there from a book that my father has found. And thank you, Dad, if... If you're listening now, thank you. I appreciate it, and, and it's very wonderful stuff, so thank you. And you have a good evening, you and Mom, if you're out there in Omaha, Nebraska. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for at least a half an hour. Arwolf has queued up something quite wonderful for me, and I've just forgotten what it's called. Is it called Whiskey Before Breakfast? Yes, it is. Whiskey Before Breakfast. Uh, yes, apparently it is. It's a uh, some sort of a fiddling—no, no, uh, pardon me, a banjo thing. In fact, you've got the, uh, the album cover right there, uh, Banjo— What's it say under the paper there? It's right in front of you. No, no, it's, it's up on the ridge here. It's on the ridge. The, the ridge yes. is, in there fact, is. on the... Dr. Banjo Steps Out by <laughs> Pete Wernick and Friends. One of the one of the musicians is Tim O'Brien. I know that name. So uh, one of the songs is called New Breakdown, G-N-U Breakdown. But mm. that's not, or, and we're not playing that. We're not playing the cross-eyed fiddler. Mm-mm. 
Uh, but in fact, we are playing Whiskey Before Breakfast. It's about whiskey and food. Whiskey and food and, and nutritional needs. It's, one, it's on the food pyramid, people. Just don't sit on the food pyramid if you're drunk because you might hurt yourself. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. Have I mentioned that? Oh, that's right. Here we go. Peter Wernick and Whiskey Before Breakfast. Don't do that unless you want to. This is it. WCBN FM Ann Arbor. called Whiskey Before Breakfast at 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. We're the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement. It's experimental radio from the U of M run by students, lots of community involvement. We'd like to introduce uh, British dance band leader Bert Ambrose and his orchestra. A uh, thrilling realization of that immortal opus Singapore sorrows. It's time to face the music. (laughs) ¶¶ 